0: The Lord be with you. And also with you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole whole earth earth is full of glory. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of love touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here and now, where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship the liturgy, music, and homily this Lord's Day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given to us your servant's grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well beloved, as we gather each Lord's Day and prior to the beginning of our service, we pause in silence, we sit in silence, sitting silently before God to remember God's love and grace, presence, and power. And then come the conclusion of our service as the service is ending. We offer ourselves in gifts, gifts in offering, to practice the giving, gracious nature of the Christian life. Silence and giving, silence and giving. And then here, as we take part in the pause before the Kyrie, We stop to remember ourselves as pardoned and pardoning people. Be kind to to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. As the choir sings, Lord, have mercy upon us, may we offer our silent and individual prayers of confession. Let us pray. If we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: A lesson from the first book of Samuel, chapter 15, verse 34, through chapter 16, verse 13. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul, Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, but Samuel grieved over Saul. And the Lord was sorry that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, "'because I have rejected him. "'For the Lord does not see as mortals see. "'They look on the outward appearance, "'but the Lord looks on the heart. "'Then Jesus called Abinadab "'and made him pass before Samuel. "'He said, "'Neither has the Lord chosen this one.' "'Then Jesse made Shema pass by, "'and he said, "'Neither has the Lord chosen this one. "'Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel.' And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ready and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. The word of the Lord.
2: A lesson from St. Paul's 2nd Epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 6 through 17. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, It is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 8 with the antiphon. Our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you were founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the adventure. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are you? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Have given them the dominion of the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 16, verses 12 to 15. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you, the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. <laughs> The Bible is about failure and defeat. Its stories, letters, and teachings record ways people have lived with defeat. This makes the Bible difficult for us to understand, for we as a people have run and swatted and laughed our way past learning the language of failure. We don't admit to it, we won't accept it, we do not countenance it. So sermons, this one and others, which are fumbling footnotes to the scripture, may hit us from the side if they hit us at all. Paul is thinking, it may be, when he mentions outward appearance and the heart of Samuel, who learned that mortals look upon the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. You remember Samuel's story in 1 Samuel 15. Samuel didn't want to be a prophet, but he got saddled with the job anyway. He didn't want anything to do with kings, but he had to pick one anyway. For the people wanted a king, just like we at our worst always long for some imperial leader, some imperious presence on which or on whom we may cast our concerns. Then we don't have to live with our own freedom, our own birthright from Yahweh, I am that I am, the Sinai God of freedom. Samuel revered the God of freedom and the godly freedom in each person. In fact, he revered the the people's freedom more than they themselves did. So much so that he helped them choose even when he knew they chose in error. So, you want a king? Then you shall have a king, and with the king will come a much a trouble. Saul, by name, Saul trouble king, and went. Leadership is everything, but leadership is not dictatorship. Authority is not domination. Integrity is not willfulness leadership, authority, integrity, they become real when they revere the God of freedom and the freedom of each woman and man. Real leadership increases personal freedom for all. So Samuel, who knew about freedom and leadership and could have shouted to the children of Israel, I told you so, instead went to Ramah, that place you remember from Christmas of wailing and loud lamentation. And he wailed and he lamented. Why, O God, have you made my people a group focused on difference and not the common good? Why should there be a few rich and many, many poor? Why should our distinguishing characteristics be so undistinguished? Are we forever to love appearance above reality, image above the heart, Oh my God, are we never to see your peace upon the earth, your gracious splendor among our people, your kingdom of love. So we may imagine in a hot, dusty cave near Qumran, Samuel wept and wept and wept. He cried in his beer, he cried in his soup, you get the picture, until at last he stopped. And as so often happens, once he stopped his weeping, his self-concern, a marvelous thing happened. God gave a second chance. He said, Samuel, you old codger, get up and head over to Bethlehem and you go see Jesse. I'm going to give you another chance. So Samuel went to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem. We worship a God of second chances. We worship a God of new starts. We worship a God of make-up exams. We worship a God of the letter to the Hebrews and pardon after baptism. We worship a God of I forgive you. We worship a God of surprise opportunities. In a way, in Christ, God has simply become or you and me, another chance. Early on Sunday morning, we walk up and down these aisles when the sanctuary is empty, and we wonder about the congregation and the community and the listeners, and we worry about a nation of haves and have-nots. We are anxious about a race-torn people and country, and we think of particular people early Sunday morning, some giving birth and anxious, some breaking up and anxious, some struggling to stay together and anxious, some aging and anxious, some ill and anxious. Like Samuel, we have our hurt hurts. Up Samuel goes to see what God will do. God tells him that there will be a new king of God's own choosing, out of the family of Jesse who had seven sons. Samuel sees the first son and thinks, yes, this must be the one. Right name, right place, right pedigree, right education, but again, something strange happens. Samuel, given to hearing voices, hears a voice. God says, easy, big fellow, easy. Don't look at the appearance. Forget the outside. Don't be misled by the image. Look inside. All that glitters is not gold. One can be a saint abroad and a Devil at home. Cleanse the inside of the cup. Don't judge a book by its cover. Be careful when the Lady Macbeth's of life connive. Bankuo was quite right. Tis strange and oftentimes to win us to our harm. The instruments of darkness tell us truths win us with honest trifles to, to betray us in deepest consequences. We see the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. Meanwhile back in Bethlehem Samuel still has the seven sons on interview. Job title, King of Israel, profile, perfect leader, responsibilities, brings salvation, justice, and peace, salary and benefits commensurate with experience. But he remembers, look on the heart. Eliab, no. Abinadab, no. Shama, no, and so on. Seven no's, and Samuel is in limbo. He's in between. It's tough to live in between. Like many who are today, perhaps you, can can testify. Samuel would have loved to have settled things early, but he remembered the God of a second chance, another chance, and Samuel trusted and waited and hoped. Anybody can make a quick decision Sometimes it takes more real courage to be indecisive. Anybody can decide. It takes guts to wait. Anybody can judge by appearance. But God looks deeper and looks on the heart. Paul and the earliest Christians knew this better perhaps than anything else. They knew about being in-between. Maybe that's one reason why, providentially, their letters and writings have become our Bible. For we are always a bit in between, and we need the confidence daily of another chance. The earliest Christians, Paul's city Christians, were very much in between. They were often what the scholars call status inconsistent, like Paul himself. A Jew, yet a Roman citizen, educated, yet a tent maker. So they were too, women, yet rich, artisans, yet slaves. They knew about being in between. And so the apostle says, in between the body and the Lord, in between sight and faith, in between home and away, in between judgment and love, in between crazy and sane, in between one and all, in between self and others, in between death and resurrection, in between old and new, in between appearance and heart. When you're in between, you know the joy, know the necessity of another chance. And God sees the heart, sees past appearances. Well, dear old Samuel is about to throw in the towel. He's been through all the sons of Jesse, and he has not found the new king. He's found a lot of old king once removed, but nothing new. And he's packing up his ephod and girding his loins and otherwise getting ready to shove off when, again, something strange happens. We worship the God of second chances. If nothing else, this morning hear this gospel. Today is another chance for your family. This week is another chance for your work. This summer is another chance for your community. This year is another chance for your city. This decade is another chance for our climate, our country, our denomination, our very souls. Where there is life, there is hope, and where there is hope, there is life. God in Christ is another chance. Realism and idealism are not absolute eternal alternatives. Often, either you have both or you have neither. So Isaiah 60, so John 3, so 2 Corinthians 5, so the Sermon on the Mount. Things aren't always as they seem So let us be open this summer to a second chance. Read again Keith Miller's new wine, visit Mount Washington or Bar Harbor in July, take a sandwich to the seashore or the lakeshore. We worship the God of second chances. Plant a flower, hug somebody, write a note, make a bequest, and remember in prayer I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in a second chance, God's only Son, our Lord. Another chance. To stand in God's presence, to learn to help others, to find a meaningful life. Meanwhile, back in Bethlehem, Samuel turned as he was going and looked at Jesse and said, Are these all your sons and Jesse got that sheepish look we all get when the truth starts to come out and he said well yes and no I mean these are all the grown ones these are all the ones who are worth looking at and Samuel said you mean there's a second chance and Samuel was so excited he dropped his staff and he ungirded his loins and he lost his ephod For Jesse said, well, there is the little guy. But we left him behind to tend the sheep. Bring him, said Samuel. And they brought David up. This is your story. He was little, young, ruddy, handsome, and beautiful. But mostly, he had the right heart. A heart of songs and courage. A heart of love and strength a real person, a real human being, another chance. Like the Tibetan Buddhists hunting for many years in the outback of the universe to find the Dalai Lama. Like the birth of Jesus, we remember this Trinity Sunday, he also of Bethlehem. Like the moment it may be your child came into the world or your grandchild. Like every single outburst and outcropping and intrusion and explosion and invasion of the new creation, there was David, a second chance. And Samuel, old superannuated Samuel, could see what none of the young Turks could see, the heart. And Samuel wept, this time for joy. And he said, this is the one. Hire him. We worship a second chance God. Beloved, we are not last chance people, anxious people. You are God's second chance people. So let's agree this Lord's Day come Sunday. From now on then, we're not going to look at anybody according to appearance, no matter how bad and no matter how good. I mean, we once knew Christ by appearance, but then God raised him from the dead. So we look as God looks on the heart. And so, by God's grace, it may be that we will become real people in a real church, in a real community, in a real country. You know, it takes a lot of idealism to become real. For if anyone is in Christ, she is a new creation. Singing to the god of second chances, Reinhold Niebuhr wrote, nothing that is worth doing can be achieved in our lifetime. Therefore, we must be saved by hope. Nothing which is true or good or beautiful makes complete sense in any immediate context of history. Therefore, we must be saved by faith. Nothing we do, however virtuous, can be accomplished alone. Therefore, we must be saved by love.
3: On this Trinity Sunday we come boldly to the throne of grace, praying to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for mercy and grace as we sing together our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. Father of heaven, whose love profound a ransom for our souls has found, we pray for the world created by your love, for its nations and governments, and for our city and our school. Extend to them your peace, pardoning love, mercy, and grace. God of love, Hear our prayer. Almighty Son, Incarnate Word, our Prophet, Priest, Redeemer, Lord. We pray for the Church, created for your glory, for its ministry to reflect your works of peace and justice. Extend to us your salvation, growth, mercy. And grace. God of love, hear our prayer. Eternal Spirit, by whose breath the soul is raised from sin and death, we pray for families and individuals created in your image, for the lonely, the bereaved, the sick and the dying breathe on them the breath of life and bring them to your mercy and grace god of love hear our prayer thrice holy father spirit son mysterious godhead three in one we pray for ourselves For your church, for all whom we remember before you this day. God of love, hear our prayer. Bring us all to bow down before your throne in heaven to receive life and pardon, mercy and grace for all eternity, as we worship you, holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. And as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Peace of the Lord be always with you. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing those books along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. Today is the last Sunday for the summer for children's education. we invite children in the chapel community to join Mahalia Dam, our uh, uh, ministry assistant for children's education uh, during the last hymn to head downstairs uh, for a special celebration of of children's education. Uh, That opportunity will resume again in September, so never fear, but we will be beginning our summer hiatus to coincide with the end of the school year. We note also that coffee hour this Sunday will not be held out on Marsh Plaza due to the living waters flowing down from heaven, but uh, will be, as usual as uh, during the academic year, downstairs in the Marsh Room. We invite you to join us there. At 1 o'clock this afternoon, following the service, uh, we'll be hosting a wedding here at Marsh Chapel, and the couple, Wei Huang and Xingxin Gu have invited all of you to join them so if you are free at one o'clock this afternoon please feel free to come back here to the nave of marsh chapel for their wedding next sunday here at marsh we begin our annual summer preacher series and we are incredibly blessed to welcome the reverend dr robert franklin from emory university in atlanta georgia the first two sundays the last two sundays of june here in the nave of marsh chapel we look forward to seeing you here next Sunday. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on John Stainer's setting of verses from the Gospel of John, God So Loved the World. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
2: Whatever the gift may be, all that we have is thine alone, a trust, gracious, loving, holy God from thee. Bless and multiply these gifts that they may further your work of love and justice in the world and our part in that work. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the presence and creativity of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.
0: and the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, be in abide with each one of us now and forever.